0: As we continue to meet the new RPC members, we have Kyle Kreider, with the Alabama of Faith, Power, and Light, as well as the People's Justice Council on this week's Renew Gurus. Hello out there in podcast world. This is Renew Gurus, your source for all things energy policy and politics in Missouri and beyond. I'm Executive Director of Renew Missouri, James Owen, coming to you live on tape from our palatial studios in downtown columbia missouri it's great to have you all here i'm glad you're listening i hope you are subscribing to us on all your major platforms as well as sharing all of this on your social media uh networks and i think you will really get a kick out of our guest today um as you know we have been interviewing or we have the ambition to interview new members of the rural power coalition for which renew missouri is also a member And who we have today, Kyle Kreider uh, from Birmingham, Alabama. He is the program and policy director for not only the Alabama Interfaith Power and Light organization, but also the People's Justice Council. Hi, Kyle. How are you?
1: Hey, James. I'm great. Thank you for for asking, and thank you for the invitation.
0: Well, it's certainly our pleasure. I'm glad you could be here. I know you're busy. It looks like you've got a lot going on down there. So let's talk a little bit about these two groups. Um, Alabama Interfaith Power and Light, if someone were to ask you just in a nutshell what that organization does and what its purpose is, can you, can you share that with us?
1: Sure, uh, because in addition to being a program of People's Justice Council, Alabama Interfaith Power and Light is a chapter of National IPL, National Interfaith Power and Light. And um, like PJC, um, the, the Interfaith Power and Lights tend to operate at the intersection of energy, climate, and justice. In fact, um, one one tagline for National IPL is a faith-based response to climate change,
0: which is which is interesting because I mean, you know, you you know, Renew Missouri is, is is a we have a just a focus of of trying to get clean energy accessible to all Missourians. We don't have anything in, regarding faith as part of our mission, but it is something I am personally driven by in in, in my career and my life. And, you know, so I, I sometimes take a little bit of offense when I get called a sun worshiper <laughs> <laughs> or I get called a um, or I get called kind of a uh, hippie commie. I mean, so like, I mean, for you and your organization, I mean, what, what is it about about faith that's important for, for why that has to be a part of your conversation?
1: Uh, thank, thank you for that question, because, yes, we PJC ALIPL. Uh, We are both interfaith organizations, not just Christian interdenominational, but truly interfaith organizations. And we see faith as a huge lever to move the Bible Belt, the South and and, and the world. Um, uh, I I hear you about the about the labels. I'm I'm wearing red today. But I I did leave my my uh, my my horns off because, um, (laughs) you know, we, we, (laughs) you know, Interfaith is suspect en- en- enough to the uh, to, to, to the ruling powers that, that, that be down here, which tends to be very, very conservative, uh, yeah. t- uh, labeled Christianity. Um, but if we're ever going to bridge this divide, and we, we must do that, um, if we're ever going to bre- bridge this divide, uh, we see this general theme of care of creation as one way to do that. that that's mm-hmm. why we say it's a big lever to move our politicians uh, the, the the south and the world now you know we're a 501c3 we, we, we don't tell you who to vote for uh, oh, yeah. we rarely tell you what piece of legislation and uh, what to do with a given piece of legislation although we we educate the heck out of folks about what's what's going on in um, in the halls of government state uh, and, and national but um, by all means faith is is a very important and, and we see that as the bridge that that, that might one day unite us and 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 get us out of this mess we're in
0: yeah because i mean you know because for me and and one of the things that we try to do because we do a lot of work in the in the legislative prism we don't we don't do a lot about voting or anything we have a c4 but we don't really have much money in it (laughs) uh but we do we do to the extent the irs lets us kind of engage with legislative stuff we 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 have found there is some bipartisan um interest in this um it is generally considered like something the democrats like um but you know to me i mean have you found in alabama that there's any libertarian interests that find value in solar and value in energy independence is that something that's been in your is something that's been in your experience as well
1: yeah uh, a- another great question and, and very relevant to, to our work here in alabama and, and me personally because um I also happen to be involved like I need another hobby uh, with all the hats I wear. but I, I'm also involved with this really interesting organization uh, as a volunteer um, called Braver Angels. you may be familiar with them. They uh, you're talking about bridging the divide, that's exactly what they are trying to do. Um, so whenever a new local alliance of braver angels is formed, as we just formed one here in Alabama, there has to be a red leaning and a blue leaning co-chair. I'm the, ah. uh, no surprise the, the, the blue leaning co-chair for the, for the Birmingham chapter of, uh, of, uh, or Birmingham Alliance of Braver Angels. Um, but I don't really consider my, 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 myself a Democrat. I used to be a proud independent before I had to, had, had to choose a side when things got so, so bad partisan wise. Yeah. Uh, but I definitely lean blue. And then my coach, my red co-chair, uh, a good friend of mine, uh, is, is libertarian. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, there uh, and, and and yes, uh, my, my coach here gets it, and um, you know, of course, we're we're typically seen as a there's a Republican trifecta, as most folk know here in Alabama in terms of, of government, and um, you know, so so you know, re- Republican is identified as as our you know conservative government, but there's a big difference between the uh, honestly the the Republicans who are who are in power, the old Republicans. Um, by and large, and young Republicans, even here in, in Alabama, I'm I'm also yeah. an adjunct professor. I, I, I teach at uh, the University of Montevallo, and yeah, um, you know, y- young Republicans believe very differently. They get it much more than their their older counterparts. But unfortunately, it's their older counterparts that are that that hold the reins right now, and are yeah. as you know very anti everything environmental, envir- environmental.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I have, I, I will tell you, I have found that, you know, because I will talk to any group that invites us, Republican, Democrat, uh, you know, we're in a college town here, so I've talked to conservative groups. I mean, there are a lot of young people who who see uh, renewable energy and energy efficiency, clean energy as a, as a solution to what they see as a, as a threat to their future, um, that maybe that their older counterparts do not. Um, but then I mean yeah but I've but even you know but even yeah so even with some yeah and i I think it is probably true that younger Republican state reps younger Republican state senators with younger kids uh they seem more receptive to this so that's been your experience as well um huh?
1: I, I hope so anyway yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I certainly see a big difference in the the uh the views and and quite frankly the acceptance of science um, between yeah, young Republicans yeah. and, and and old Republicans.
0: Yeah, and I want I wonder if like that changes with time or maybe that we just are in a different age where that is going to. I mean, is my hope it's just a different age where that's not seen as something that should be considered partisan? Because um, I, I, I don't think it it should be. I, I think there's a lot to. I mean, as I said, I think there's a lot to like if you're a Republican about clean energy or at least like let's say rooftop solar uh like you have the phrase going off the grid well that's something that environmental people and libertarians both talk about (laughs) (laughs) you know um so kind of you know because i don't know much about alabama i've been there a few times i've driven through your fine state but i don't know much about it kind of um like so do you, do you have different, you have investor owned utilities? Yes. We do. How, I mean, do you have a lot of them? Do you have one big one? What, how's it, how's it work down there with the IOUs?
1: Well, we, we have a very diverse picture uh, when it comes to uh, uh, electrical uh, providers here, here in our state. Um, and basically the Northern third of the state, uh, that's TBA territory.
0: Um, um Okay. The rest
1: right. of the state, um, and, and, and you know, th- th- this is why coloring maps one color, whether it's red, blue, or whatever, whatever color you're, you're you're coloring for uh, Alabama Power, is what I'm about to to, to mention. Oh. Um, the you know, generally, uh, when, when the state is colored in, the, the northern third is TVA, the southern two thirds uh, Alabama Power. But of course, as you know, um, that leaves out the muni's and the co-ops and and the really interesting oh. things uh, go- going on. Uh, now, you know, of course, a lot of the a lot of the non-TBA co-ops get their get their power through PowerSouth um, uh, and Alabama Power. But um, but mm-hmm. but down here in Alabama, our uh, rural electric co-ops are not under our public service commission. Right. And that's a very interesting, diverse. I mean, if, if you look at the, um, the the wonderful energy democracy, all uh, those, those scorecards, uh, they're they're a little out of date that's one of the things we desperately need to do is update them uh, for Alabama but uh, there, there's a very diverse picture some some a lot of bad news yeah but but some some really interesting good news in terms of the rural co-ops but we got them all investor owned yeah. muni's recs.
0: yeah so I want to make sure our listeners are clear TVA is Tennessee Valley Authority right
1: thank you yes sir James
0: yeah, I had no idea I, okay this is how well I prepared for this interview. <laughs> I had no idea TVA went into Alabama. I mean, you talk about it, it's a northern third, essentially. Yeah. So i uh, looking uh, at this really square part at the top of Alabama behind you, which I know this is, there's no visual element to our people out there. But if you look at Alabama on a map, uh, you look at that top kind of stove top. That's, that's where TVA is largely?
1: Yes, Uh and and like most maps here in Alabama, it's a little gerrymandered. Uh, uh, TVA actually reaches <laughs> all the way down to uh, to, to central Alabama to uh, oh, I to see. Um, to Bessemer, right? Uh, our Birmingham, uh, Birmingham suburb suburb near me. So, oh. um, but yeah, basically the northern third is the, the the simple way to label the TVA territory here.
0: And it's and it's and it's always hard to explain Tennessee Valley Authority. It's it's a co op basically kind of but it's more like the federal government runs it it's hard to explain
1: (laughs) yeah some really interesting history there um
0: yeah yeah. it is i mean it it is a it is a product of the new deal era uh it was something that you know fdr used to help bring power to you know a very rural very poor part of the country um but my understanding is in breen eisley at um at Appalachian Voices, also a member of uh, the Royal Power Coalition, she was talking about how the employees or at least the leadership of TVA are federal employees. Is that your understanding?
1: Uh, that That is my understanding. Now, luckily, we've got a partner. I, I'm certainly not a TVA expert because luckily no, uh, no. we've got a one of our partners here in Alabama is Energy Alabama, a good friend of mine, Daniel, Daniel Tate he can tell you anything you want to know about, uh, about TBA, And, you know, yeah. it, uh, hopefully he can be a, a future um, uh, speaker on your, your show as yeah. well.
0: But um, well, I, I'll, 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 I'll email him. I'll get him on. Shout here. out to
1: Energy <laughs> Alabama. Good, good group. Yeah. They, uh,
0: so do you, so your organizations, I mean, so, you know, like, and I, I kind of want to let's, you know, so do you, yeah, you mentioned that the rural uh, the rural electric cooperatives don't get regulated by the Public Service Commission in Alabama. They don't get regulated by the Missouri Public Service Commission either. The only uh, companies that do in Missouri are the investor-owned utilities. Uh, the municipalities and the co-ops do not. Um, the idea being they have more local control and that sort of thing. Um, so, I mean, does your organization – get involved with the PSC or are you more involved with like customers and member owners? I mean, what's, what's your role there?
1: Yeah, we, we, uh, we, we, like stirring up good, good trouble. In fact, um, one of the <laughs> early things, one of the early photographs of, of me as I got involved with ALIPL and, and PJC, was um, my boss, uh, the, the incomparable ref, Michael Malcolm uh, and I, um, we unfurled a big banner on the steps in front of our, uh, the building that, that, where our public service commission host has their offices and hosts their their uh, their so called public meetings, uh, they're they're really very private meetings, and and, and then they, then they inform oh. the public of what has happened behind closed doors. Sure, um, you know, ask ask them when the latest uh, you know rate uh, rate hearing was, public rate hearing. Uh, uh but we unfurled what we call our interfaith energy and equity statement, this big banner on those steps. And then presented a petition to the Public Service Commission. Um, now, you know, the we, we say that the, the petition had represented over a million folk of faith or or at least close to a million folk of faith. How did we get there? We, we, we didn't have a close to a million individual signatures, but we had some powerhouse organizations sign on to that statement. Yeah. Like uh, my, my boss as a UCC, United Church of Christ, background and, and the folk who know the UCC know that they they basically originated the environmental justice movement here in the, in the States. And so when UCC signed on to our, our petition, you know, we, we, we told the public service commission, Hey, you know, this represents almost a million folk of faith in Alabama and beyond that, that really want y'all to, you know, get your act together and, um, you know, make sure that, that, that nobody, you know, we're, we're concerned about energy birth. Um, high, high power bills. And, and, and we don't think that, uh, anybody should be bearing this disproportionate burden of price or pollution, which is what our current policies are, are, uh, are invoking. Yeah. Are causing people to have to bear.
0: Yeah. So you're, it you're do doing good,
1: but, but it was, a, so, it was a photo. Op.
0: And you also got that, you got that in front of them.
1: Yes. Uh, and, and, and you know, of course we, we continue to, 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 you know, parade the, the banner and and statement around. But, um, but honestly, now um, thanks to uh, other partner organizations that are more focused on Southern Company, because of course, Alabama Power is, is part of that Southern Company Hydra. In many ways, APCO was the most regressive head, in my opinion, Southern Company Hydra. But thankfully, we've got other folks working on that, leaving us free to uh, to spend some time with these rural electric co-ops and educate the members of these co-ops that if you're a member, you're an owner, you own it. Right. And it's much easier to make change at that level than, than with our puppet service commission, which is very much in Alabama powers. Right.
0: Yeah. And also like in Alabama, you elect your public service commissioners there. Yes,
1: we do. We, we have three members. (laughs) And if you, uh, if you, uh google alabama public service commission on on youtube you can see some very interesting videos mostly involving our our president twinkle yes her name is twinkle andrus kavanaugh um and speaking of 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 faith uh yeah some of the opening prayers have been pretty controversial
0: oh is that on youtube as well is that something oh yeah Share, Enjoy. Okay. <laughs> I I don't want to get us
1: down those weeds, but just no, Google, no, no. you know, Public Service Commission, okay. Alabama, prayer, and uh, you, you'll you'll uh, you'll see what we have to deal with. Um,
0: I would love to hear what Commissioner Twinkle has to say in her communications. <laughs> um,
1: so, we also unfurl, By the way, we also infer the banner in front of Twinkle's home church in, in Montgomery, Alabama. So there's a oh photo of that as well.
0: <laughs> Man, everyone thinks that I'm an instigator. Uh, you guys have got me beat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but so, so you, you do that act, you do that advocacy with the commission. Now with the, with the, you mentioned what, how you communicate with member owners of rural like cooperatives. I mean, how, 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 I guess I want to ask, like how many distributive co-ops do you have there? How many customers are there? What what are we talking about as far as size of the, of the co-op footprint in, in, in Alabama? Um.
1: I believe there are 22 electric co-ops in, in Alabama Dang. and um, I don't know the, the total number of customers right off the top oh, of my head. God. I should have done my, my homework as well. Oh. But as you know, it's a lot in, in, oh. in terms of, uh, of uh, yeah, I, I would not be surprised if, um, if it nationally isn't are, are basically half of um, electric customers own, served by
0: co-ops is it half i mean i i think it's I've, a lot I've seen, I've seen where like half the country's like geography at least i mean because i i can tell gotcha. you in missouri you know there's uh, i think there's like around eight hundred thousand meters in rural electric cooperative service territory it's a large swath of the state geographically yes
1: thank you that that, that should be half geographically because of course you yeah. know, our, our, our urban population centers are the people so yeah thank you for that yeah. that clarification
0: yeah i mean uh, i'm kind of pulling that out i don't have my producer with me here that would usually be <laughs> for he would usually be like uh putting that on um putting that in the chat for me <laughs> but um yeah it it, it is it, you know so you got like a, you know, a couple dozen distributive co-ops there. I uh, I mean how how do you how do you reach those member owners? How do you how do you engage with them down in Alabama?
1: Well, since we are uh, environmental justice uh, oriented, uh we do it the good old fashioned way. You, you go to meet people where they are, get to know them, listen, amplify their their voices. Um I mean, I'm not a member of a of a an electric co-op, uh, so I I'm definitely an outsider, but but we, uh, with all the frontline communities that we work with on our various uh, programs through PJC and ALIPL, um, there's, there's a lot of overlap and, um, and that's the way we, we, we go and meet them where they are, get to know them and then say, Hey, you know, <laughs> if, if there's anything, you you know, would, would you be interested in running for, for the board of directors or, uh, you know, we, we'd like to talk with you about, um, about the next annual meeting of your, your rural co-op and, and just how easy it would be for you to make it, make a change there.
0: Yeah. And I mean, so you, you're, you're encouraging folks to get involved with that process. Um, you know, I, I, I wonder uh, because I think, and I think I know a little bit about Alabama as far as your rural populations are a little more, diverse than say in Missouri we have a pretty homogeneous rural population uh, until you get to southeast Missouri which is kind of considered the southern part <laughs> of Missouri like where I'm from I'm from the Ozarks I can consider that kind of Appalachia of uh, from Missouri but then we also have the boot Hill. we have southeast Missouri that's kind of considered in my opinion to be more uh southern than any other part of the state and there is you know you have some minority majority communities there but I mean I guess you know my my question is if that's the case in parts of rural Alabama that co-op serve, do you see that the, uh, the populations those member owners are represented on their boards? If you know what I mean? Uh, yes. <laughs> short,
1: short, short, answer. No, That we, we uh, diversifying <laughs> the board is definitely one of the, one of the goals because, uh, I mean, especially in our, uh, so-called Black Belt uh, counties, Yeah. Uh, Black Belt being the, being the prehistoric seashore and, and um, and cotton-growing country, that the, the swath uh, through through uh, central Alabama and, and the South. Um, yeah, so so you know when you color Alabama red, that 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 ignores a lot of blue and uh, yeah, a, a, a lot of blue area. But um, but yeah, even in the even in Alabama's black belt, uh, the yeah, you, you look at the makeup of any board of directors for a real electric co-op, and it's a bunch of old white dudes like me. Yeah, by and
0: large. Has that improved? Is that improving? Is there any help for that in, in what you're doing?
1: I think it is improving. Um, we're, we're, we're certainly pushing for for improvements. Um, but honestly, I, I I'm still learning, and and you know our organization is is uh, really five uh, five years old. Uh, so four four oh, active really? years. Okay. Uh, with, um, so, so we all have a lot to learn, especially when it comes to the you know the diversity of real electric co-ops. but uh, since this ha- this has been a focus for us recently and is a major focus of our uh, 2024 strategy. Uh, yes, we, we have had uh, contractors uh, in- interns uh, folk uh, looking at those boards. and, and of course um, as I say, that, that was done for the um, those uh, real electric co-op scorecards and yeah. uh, we we know that information needs to be updated so soon we'll be able to tell if things are improving or not we will have that data
0: i see okay so to be determined exactly yeah. but
1: right now um, it's it's uh, it's pretty sparse yeah it's
0: it, it is interesting to me because i mean i, I you know in, in following politics as i try to do you you look at uh, how counties vote around the country and there is that I guess it goes does it go from Mississippi to Georgia that belt or is it just Mississippi and Alabama where that prehistoric
1: no it's definitely in, in, in Georgia as well yeah. um it's it's yeah, interesting. So you, what we call the fall line you know that that yeah. that's a prehistoric coastline and it runs throughout the yeah. southeast in fact it runs our, our fall line runs way up um almost our entire western border of a state is gulf coast is coastal plain now, technically, that's no. not all black belt, but but the, the, the prehistoric seashore wound way up there. So the geography is really interesting. Sorry, I didn't mean to <laughs> distract you there. Go ahead.
0: Well, That is interesting. Well, and then I know, but then I read all this history where it talks about how African-American population shifted from the south to the northern states back in the uh, post-war era or, you know, kind it's coming of like back. Your, it's coming back. It's coming and back. And, but it is interesting that area didn't seem to have that kind of migration. I mean, it just because like they were more kind of geared towards being in agriculture and that's what they knew. So that's what they did. And they just didn't see those opportunities in the northern part of the. City. I mean, I don't want to get into like a bunch of historical anthropology here, but I'm talking to a guy from Alabama. And it's always been something I've always wondered about uh, why that has always remained kind of where you see uh, the, the population not shift.
1: Yeah, history is not my strong suit, but, you know, and, and I know the plural of anecdote is not data, as I tell my students, but there's some really interesting anecdotes. What I do know is that, um, you know, a, a, a lot of those, uh, you know, former slaves became landowners themselves. And oh, so in I communities see. like um, speaking of um, environmental environmental justice uh, legacy, um, the, the the famous guy himself, Dr. Robert Bullard. Uh, has roots uh, in um, a city called Elba, Alabama, uh, a, a community called Shiloh in particular, uh, was just visited by Dr. Bullard and we were, we were down there. Um, a, a lot of, of black folk that, that have owned their own land um, for you know, a, a century or more are, are being forced out by, uh, by uh, um, decisions made, in this case, by the Department of Transportation. A new highway w- was right. uh, put through there, and uh, and now these residents are being flooded out by um, by the altered hydrology of that that very poor construction, and uh, in some cases, it almost seems purposeful.
0: Well, I mean, you can and you certainly can read a lot in history about how transportation decisions, highway construction. Um, you know the power broker about Robert Moses in New York about how they even intentionally made uh, overpasses too small so buses couldn't come in from like Puerto Rican dominated neighborhoods and that sort of thing. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of yeah. there's a lot of purpose that went behind alienating and 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 segregating people uh, in our history. And um, you hear people try to say like, oh well, people are trying to unfairly emphasize that part of our history, but like I it. It is hard to separate those things that have happened with, you know, with the overall totality of looking at this. I mean, this is the this is an understanding of our present is trying to is Indeed. trying to discern the past. Indeed, you mentioned that it's changing that people are that 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 maybe there's a shift back to um, to Alabama. I mean, you know, because what I've noticed is I'm a I'm a farm kid. I was born and raised on a farm in Southwest Missouri. I didn't stay. My dad told me there was no money in it, told me to go to law school instead. That's what I did. I mean, so, I mean, I, I wonder, you know, I mean, what do you, I mean, I mean, do you think that there's that, I mean, do you see people moving back to rural Alabama um, in, in ways that you believe are significant?
1: Well, uh, again, no expert, but but I'm told that uh, that. Yes, that there there is now a, a trend for folk um folk of color uh to, to to move back to the south back to Alabama, and you know of course our our big concern is we we don't want the the folk who are the, the, that are moving here to um we don't want this to become rural gentrification if
0: you will right right there there, right. there are
1: definitely those concerns um in our rural communities uh poor white as well as people of uh, of color um. So, but, but yeah, we, 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 we welcome the, uh, the reverse exodus of, of uh, people of color to our state and, uh, and hope that we can maintain the, uh, the, the 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 good part of the culture in that, in that process.
0: Right. I mean, is there, is, I mean, you know, do you feel like there's like things enticing them back? Are there incentives? Is it just a sense of place and purpose I mean, I know you're not an expert, but I'm just I, I now you've kind of got me thinking about stuff on a on a big picture level. And uh, I wonder what you think is driving that. Um,
1: th- this would be a total guess on my part. I certainly okay. don't have any. <laughs> I, I, I certainly don't have a, facts to back this up. But but the story that I th- that I think I want to tell is, um, yeah, as frustrated as I get with this state and it's politics. Mm -hmm. Um, this state, the, the, the natural state, um, and the culture is amazing. There is so much, um, uh, you know, let's just start with the geography. We've got more, um, the, the, the term is physiographic provinces, more types of, of geographic area, uh, land types, uh, Uh, meeting within the borders of our state than any other state except for California, which is, of course, is a much larger state. That's why in many cases we're we're not only competing with uh, diversity wise, uh, biological diversity wise with California. In some cases we exceed it. Uh, Our aquatic diversity is unparalleled. Now um, there, there, there's some heartbreak there. I could get into our, I mean, we're the river state. You look at our state seal. It's really unique. It's the state outline and the rivers, of the mm-hmm. state. That is our our, our state seal. Um, that's powerful and, and, and it's a, a a very true and important aspect of our history and, and current culture. But you know most most of our major rivers have been dammed, the Cahaba being the being the uh, outstanding exception. Um, so you know it, geographically biologically you know you, you can go from the, the, the mountains in the north to the, the coast in the south uh, Mobile Bay is a a, bio, a a world-class biology biodiversity hotspot, the Mobile Tensaw Delta. Um, and then you get into the, the, the unique culture, um, the culture of the Black Belt um, the, and so many interesting aspects of the, the, the history and culture of our state. So there's a lot to entice folk here. Don't, don't let the politics keep you away. The state <laughs> is amazing. A, 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 and most folk will welcome you with open arms.
0: Um, do you think that seeing improvements to clean energy and renewable energy would help entice people there? Oh, um, <laughs> heck yeah. Let me, let
1: me uh, tailor the, tailor my language for this podcast. Um, oh,
0: look, hey, like we, we keep it PG-13. <laughs> we're okay. <all> right? <laughs> uh, um, you can say one F word. That's our, that's our
1: rule. Uh, <laughs> um, yes, because, uh, there, I mean, you, you know the statistics of folk folk dying, and while coal is no longer the the the, I mean, you might you might think that most of our energy comes from coal, and a lot of it still does, but um. But you know that that is beginning to change here as well, but still a lot of folk are dying, uh, asthma, heart conditions, all, all the all the air pollution. In fact, um, you know, in terms of utility emissions, uh, one Alabama power plant, Miller Steam. Uh, it is the single greatest co2 emitter in the country and in, in, in that in that regard um we wow. have fish advisories. Talk, talk, talk about you know real real alabamians love, love the fish and they, they they love to in some cases need to eat fish out of the you know eat fish they catch and right. you look at the uh, the, the rivers uh, that rivers and streams that are polluted with uh, mercury mainly from coal-fired power plant emissions um and other such toxics. Uh, we have do not eat fish advisories on far too many miles of
0: our, of our amazing waterways down here. Wow. Wow. That's horrible. Um, And that is from, and that and that's from steam is from the steam plants. I mean, you probably have a lot of gas plants there too, don't you?
1: Yes. The, the yes. Gas is, is a, is a large component. Uh, And of course we're a river state, so there's a fair amount of hydropower. Um, Unfortunately, most of our, you know, renewable energy credits come, come from hydropower, which in my book is not truly renewable, especially when you look at the methane emissions from the lakes that are built up behind those power plants. Um, But, uh, and and then, you know, one of the greatest, speaking of biodiversity, one of the greatest extinctions in human history occurred right here in Alabama when the Coosa river was dammed. It, Aquatic biodiversity took a huge hit, and that was probably the single greatest in terms of human history. Now, obviously, there have been mass extinctions throughout um, geologic history. But in terms of our human history, the damming of the Coosa River is a, unfortunately, world class uh, extinction level event for aquatic, mainly for aquatic biodiversity, of course, uh, in in that case. Wow. Um,
0: yeah. I mean, we don't, we're not building a lot of dams these days, but we do have a lot of dams up and yeah, it's, yeah, you, the renewable energy standard in Missouri that we have does allow um, hydro to be considered a renewable energy credit or to be a renewable energy under its definition. And I don't, I don't agree with that either, <laughs> but it, but it is what it is. And and actually to the, to the uh, utilities, the investor in utilities credit, uh, they don't uh, use a lot of that uh, for that purpose, so that's good. We we have a lot of wind, and we we are seeing some more wind and solar being built here. Um, and I guess you know that's the question. I mean, does does um, does Alabama have the ability to have a lot of wind and solar? I imagine they have a lot of solar capacity there. Wind oh, doesn't
1: solar, have... capa- solar capacity is great. Yeah, um, and yes, um, the um, you know the foothills of the Apple uh, the. the the Appalachians come down into, into Alabama uh, to, to right here in Birmingham. Um, and, and so, yeah, some of those ridges would be, would be fine for wind, but we're, we're, we're not likely to see wind anytime given the, the, the political makeup of the state. Right. And, and, and our public service commission is very hostile to solar. So hmm. uh, th- th- this is why I call um, Alabama power, the most regressive head of the Southern company Hydra, um, you know, Georgia, it, it you know, 10 times our, our solar capacity, easy, uh, solar jobs, um, because Alabama power has been so regressive and suppressive of, of so utility scale solar. Um, you know, we, we got a lot of solar in Alabama. <laughs> you were, you were talking about off grid. Um, so interestingly enough, there, there, there's a lot of, um, of uh, very conservative leaning folk who are purposefully off grid and, and, and have solar, but they don't want to be, be put on our solar maps.
0: That I get. <laughs> I get what I get where they're coming from. Um, yeah, well, I mean that that's right. You see, like North Carolina has done a lot with solar. Georgia is starting to do more with solar. Um, you know, Arkansas had been making progress with solar, but they've gone a little back on that. Um, yeah, because I don't even know. I mean, really, I think I don't even know if you have net metering in Alabama. I think I read. Yeah, I, I don't think you do, which is
1: amazing. And, and we've got a um, a legal conundrum in terms of like third party solar. Uh, there, there's there's, uh, yeah, uh, there, there's a number of hurdles we really need to need to overcome here yeah. that do land squarely at the feet of our public service commission.
0: Uh, you don't have a regional transmission organization, so you're not really connected to other states the way you could be. I mean, I know I've been involved with um, some advocates that were against the Southeast Energy Marketplace, SEAM, which I know was covering a lot of the Southeast. It was certainly covering the co-ops here in Missouri uh, that got struck down by the courts. But, yeah, you don't really have the ability to do a lot of long-term planning in the region because you don't have the transmission infrastructure there either. Um, it's a lot of challenges. Um, hopefully you have found Rural Power Coalition to be a good uh, way to uh, kind of work through and, and maybe, uh, you know, look at stuff on the federal level.
1: Yes, I, I have learned so much uh, and, and we're very appreciative of, of all the support from, from Rural Power Coalition. Um, and uh, so, so it's, it's an honor and a pleasure to attend those their, their meetings. And so nice to meet you all in person recently.
0: Oh, yeah, we all went to Louisville uh, as I am <laughs> uh, even though like Kentucky like absolutely borders our state, it still feels uh, very much like a different culture. Uh, I love going to Kentucky. I love being there. I loved meeting people in person, which you know, I've been working with some of these folks for three and a half years, and I had never met them in person ever. Yeah, until-
1: it was so nice to put a body with a zoom head,
0: yeah, exactly. I know. <laughs> Yeah. Like I, and especially like people like, I mean, Chris Woolry and, and Eric Haddle said, I've actually worked with in a number of different capacities. never met them in person until that first night. Uh, so it's, uh, it's great. Uh, I hope we get to do that more. Um, and uh, Kyle, I want to thank you. I'm glad we got to meet you in person there. I'm glad Likewise, you came. James. Uh, if people want to learn more about your organizations, where do they go? How can they do that?
1: Well, I would start with the people's justice council. I know it's a long one, but the people's is
0: our,
1: is our website or, or you hey. know Google. Um, and of course you can always Google Alabama interfaith power and, and light We're we're listed as a, as a chapter on national IPO, which is where you'll probably land first.
0: Uh-huh. And, um, you're on social media.
1: Uh, yes. Uh, I'd be happy to get you those, those, those handles. Um,
0: well, we'll share them in the email that we send out with this um, with this podcast. So at the very least, uh, people who get the email will be able to look at that. We hope they join. Uh, we also hope, since I already got our pitch out for the podcast before, we hope that you will go to the Rural Power Coalition. I believe that's RuralPower.us and sign up for our newsletter updates. Uh, we are also on, yes, yes, amen. We are also on social media: Twitter, Facebook. All that fun stuff, Uh, you know, as much as our individual groups need your support, we also want to see uh, people get engaged and involved. We have a lot of really big, important stuff going on with the Royal Power Coalition. So please plug into that. Um, So until next time, I want to thank all of you for listening and I hope you have a good day and an even better tomorrow. Take care.